helping because we want to help? Or are we helping because we are protruding something? Does humanitarian efforts places people in harm and shames those who are helping others in times of need due to red tagging? Red tagging? Helping leads to red tagging? Helping Help leads, leads to red, red tagging? Spill that tea. What's good, folks? Welcome back to our first episode of Spill the Bee. This is Cherizi, the Spilling Bee. And you know, I will be talking about my own opinion of this viral community pantry or the Bayanihan of the Filipinos right now here in our country that actually leads to red tagging. Red tagging? Red tagging. Well, first and foremost, a community pantry is actually a service that provides food directly to locals suffering from food insecurity and other basic necessities. This past few weeks, community pantry has been the talk in social media ever since the pantry in Maginhawa Street in Quezon City flourished. And then it spreads in different parts of the zone. And now, it also reaches in Visayas and Mindanao. Well, that was fast. This kind of gesture influences Filipinos to help other people, especially just, especially during this turmoil in pandemic, you know? The service is actually about donating what you can and take according to your needs. Take according to your needs. Oh yes, daddy! But we all know there are abusive people out there, just like those group of women who took all the food at the community pantry. I know that you know who I'm talking about, right? They get viral, you know? Well, they should really be ashamed of themselves, honestly. Well, since we are here to talk about my own view of this community pantry, for me, this idea of community pantry is indeed helping those Filipinos who are out of their jobs and needs to sustain themselves and families. Well, we all need to sustain ourselves and families, but there are people who need it more. There are people who need the food assistance more than us. You know what I'm saying? I consider this initiative as a more immediate response to the people within the vicinity who are waiting for their household's share or ayuda from the government. And girl, we all know those government assistance are not enough and can be too, too long to be distributed to the people. We all know that the government is doing something, but we also know that it is not enough. It is not. Well, I am not against the government. I am also not a pro. So please don't start canceling me, law. Okay, back to the topic. This massive amount of Filipinos lining up at the pantries is actually the evidence that the assistance is insufficient. That is why through these humanitarian gestures, we can somehow help aid the food insecurity in local places. But, however, no matter how eager you are to help and do good deeds, you can never really please people all the time. Ouch! Despite of all the praises that this service receives, there were still actually speculations and criticisms that were being thrown to the organizers of this community pantry. Just like on April 18, there were pictures circulating on social media that the police were visiting pantries and inquiring about their nature with high-powered rifles. High-powered rifles? What? On the following day, the National Task Force to End the Local Communist Armed Conflict, or the NTFELCAC, which is under the President's direct command, 
accused the entire movement on its Facebook page of being funded by the communists who aims to spread propaganda. And they went on to say that soliciting donations is a way to fund the guerrillas in the mountains. Well, 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 they really know a lot, huh? They really know a lot that sometimes it becomes really annoying and irrelevant. You know what's more annoying? Most accusers tend to be government authorities, and many accused are ordinary citizens who may or may not be critical of the administration. Just like Non. Non is the first Filipino citizen who started this service in Maginhawa Street. She has been also questioned by the police several times. And due to her fear for her safety and that of the volunteers and beneficiaries, Non just halted the pantry for a day because the police were bringing rifles at the pantry, which actually creates scare and panic to the public, you know? And for me, this culture of intimidation doesn't really help with the situation and needs to stop, like right now. And amid this commotion, the DILG also announced that it is looking to require those running community pantries to acquire special permits from the government for safety and security, which was being questioned by the members of the movement including not saying that, do we need permits to support each other? Which is for me has actually a point. Why do we need permits? We just want to help. We don't need permits to help people. People are tired and confused as to when will be their government food assistance would arrive. They are in need for immediate food and other basic necessities which the community pantry can only do. Immediate response is the main focus of this movement, you know? Because poverty and insufficiency are the real issues in this country right now. Period! Poverty and insufficiency. Sadly, honestly, unfortunately. And well, Manila Mayor Isko Moreno gives his sentiments to the movement saying that good deeds no need permits. He also directed the Manila police to avoid blocking pantries operations, which is good, that is right. Because, you know, during this time of pandemic and extreme crisis, bayanihan is what we really need to do. A community pantry is a cross-cutting way for collaboration and community building, especially for those in need, not a venue for some political intrigue. We need more help than criticisms. There are maybe some people who helps because they wanted to project something, but in this present time, we should focus to the help that is being given. The intention to help amidst all the accusations and turmoil that we are experiencing right now. Helping shouldn't be the cause of fear and panic among people. We help because we care, not because we want to scare. So, to all the listeners out there, be a citizen with pure good intentions. Take an immediate action for the advancement for the common good. Do not be ahead of everyone. Because we are all equal, we all need the same necessities. So help and be fair. Also, I hope people would stop jumping into conclusions to almost everything that we do to help, you know? We can help without any hidden reasons and monkey businesses. I hope they would instill that in their minds, in their creative minds. And instill that also to your minds, my precious listeners out there. And that's on period. So, that is all for this episode. The bee has already spilled the tea. I hope you find something valuable or shareable that what I have said earlier in this podcast. Well, I don't know. It's up to you. Don't forget to follow this account for more updates and upcoming relevant episodes. 
This has been Charizzi, the Spilling Bee. Thank you and have an awesome day ahead of you. Spill that tea. Folks, welcome back to our second episode of Spill No Bee. This is Cherizy, the Spilling Bee. Let's go. So, if you listen to the song that was being played on our intro earlier, it is a song about Manila, right? Shout out to all the Filipinos out there. Palakpaka naman dyan. So now, our topic would be somehow related to the capital city of our very own country, Philippines. And it is Manila. Manila, Manila, Manila. Everyone wants to go to Manila. Manila that is full of opportunities. Well, opportunities nga lang ba? What about those mysteries? Those hidden crimes in those alleys in the middle of the night? And those countless dark events that is yet to be discovered? Well, we all know hindi lang sa Manila nangyayari yun. A lot of these also happens to many places of the world, you know? But, for now, Let's focus to our capital city at the moment because we will be talking about a certain movie that is set at the slums of Manila and it is entitled Neo Manila by direct Mikhail Red in 2017. We will be talking about the cinematic elements of the said movie, the technicalities, the story, the characters, the plot, and the symbols. So without further ado, hit that intro! So, 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 so again, so what was the movie all about? As what I have said earlier, the movie was set at the slums of Manila, right? It is a noir film that tackles about the never-ending cycle of crimes here in the Philippines. Extrajudicial killing to be specific, which was coined under Duterte's administration pertaining to war on drugs operations since 2016. At first, I wasn't really expecting for this film to be that serious and awakening. The film started with a scene at the wet market, showing us the usual happenings at a certain place, you know? But then, seconds later, everything went upside down when a crime just happened in that location. And guess who's the killer? It was Yula Valdez. I haven't seen her in any crime movies before, you know? That's why I was really shocked when I saw her. Yeah. And so, as the movie progresses, I was thrilled and was also mesmerized with all the scenery that the movie is showing me, such as those buildings, those big buildings, you know, those luminous lights during the night, and the metro landscape in Manila, despite how dirty, ugly, and dangerous the place and the story was. The movie showed dynamism when it comes to their cinematography, 
the neon wire perfectly matches all the scenes and really gives me the feeling of fear, nervous, and danger. You know, the movie showed me an impressive screenplay. All the actors delivered and portrayed their roles excellently that it really makes me aware that this is reality. I am feeling that reality in this certain movie because they are showing me what really reality looks and feels like. You know? Impressive. And the film leaves us an unforgettable line saying that victims and suspects, they are just the same. Wow. That line is somehow true. We are all victims of this system that we are in to the point that it leads us to become suspects of our own and our own selves, I mean. We become suspects of our own self and then gradually we become suspects to other people and the cycle continues. And this is all because of poverty, politics, and of course, corruption. There will always be victims if there are suspects in the first place. Obviously, we just implicate each other to survive in this ugly and cruel world, you know? The film also represents motherhood. It shows us that a mother would really do anything to save their loved one, even if it takes someone's life, or even their own life, just to save them. Aww. Sad, but sweet, but st still sad, you know? And at first, everything was predictable, you know? I kinda knew what will happen, I kinda knew what's happening, but not until at the end of the film. The twist was mind-blowing and heartbreaking because it makes me aware of what reality and what kind of a world we are really in at this present time. It reminds me that there were danger that happened, that happened since, and are happening still. It's a never-ending cycle of crime and survival, baby. You know, sad truth. And as what I have said earlier again, the film really gives off an effective cinematography. The colors, the mood of every scene, the feelings of every actors, you can feel them all in that movie. The movie showed us different focus for us not to be overwhelmed and now say us with the grittiness of the film. They also showed us the beauty of Manila. But behind those beauty are actually the drastic events on the alleys while the world is asleep. Well, 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 how about that? And the main characters, Irma and Toto, are both complex but still human. Because you know, despite their heartless job, when they were faced with something familiar to them, they become sympathetic and logical. And the story of the film was actually straightforward and easy to follow, but it is somehow difficult to bear because of the dirty scenes that you get to witness. But again, that's how reality is, somehow unbearable reality. And of course, let's talk about the symbols of this film. In my own perspective, the film actually represents a lot of symbolism, such as Irma's pest control shop. For me, it is a metaphor of her job as a leader of a death squad, you know, exterminating pests, rats, which is also a metaphor, a metaphor for all the drug addicts and pusher here in our country. And also, at the beginning, we can see Toto entering at the police office to visit his big brother in the jail. But as you can remember, before he gets to enter, he was being questioned by one of the police officer. But he didn't said anything. He, he never answered. He kept his mouth shut. It was because inside his mouth is a blade and his mouth is bleeding. 
you know that blade is what he's about to give to his big brother in the jail and for me that scene symbolizes what Yula or Irma as what she portrayed in the movie said in one of her lines saying that walang magsasalita dahil lahat takot wow we can relate that line to what is happening for a very long time here in our country well also to other parts of the world you know where we cannot tell the truth or sue those responsible of crimes because when we do we're just a bullet and we're done baby so instead of telling the truth we chose to su- we chose to suffer we kept our mouth shut and kept everything to ourselves even though it can lead us to death and can negatively affect affect our lives forever you know what i'm saying and another symbol that i found in the movie was that white shoes that Toto was wearing it actually shows that in real life a minor has been killed during the war on drugs operation was actually wearing that same kind of shoes that was being presented in the movie with a cardboard saying innocente ako for me that white shoes represents Toto's character just pure innocent and was also just a victim of the society and the system you know and lastly another symbol that I found was when Irma and Toto came to an old man's house to buy some guns. In that scene, the old man commanded his son, which is still a kid, to get his wrapped guns upstairs. And the kid was actually afraid and hesitating. Although he really knew what his father is doing and he's been doing that for a couple of times already. And for me, that scene represents that minors nowadays are being forced to do bad things because of who and what surrounds them and what they witnessed at a very young age. Without proper parenting, they tend to conclude on their own way based on what they can only understand. Poor kids. It only shows that everything that is forced will only lead to nothing but grittiness and regret. Yes, period. That's on period. Overall, I am totally mesmerized with this film. Everything was captured skillfully and was played effectively. I was greatly astonished after watching the ending of the film. You know how all of it actually makes sense at the end. It didn't leave me hanging. I wasn't asking for more. I was blown away and certainly satisfied. This movie has really something to say to the society. You know, you should never miss this masterpiece, folks. Alright, folks. That was all for this episode. I hope you've got something from what I have been blabbering for a couple of minutes. And please, please do watch this movie. You'll never regret it. I'm telling you. I don't tell lies. But I say goodbyes. So, goodbye for now, my dear listeners. Drink lots of water, always pray, and keep y'all heads up. Till next time, babies. And don't forget to follow this channel for more upcoming relevant episodes. This has been Charizzi, the Spilling Bee. Thank you, arigato, kamsamida, merci beaucoup, adios. Manila, I keep coming back to Manila. Simply ain't no place like Manila. Manila, I'm coming home.